Welcome to the Business Balance Podcast. I'm Emma Langton, Mindset Coach and Hypnotherapist, and each week I'm bringing you conversations and coaching about getting the balance in business. We'll be talking mindset, strategy, boundaries, balance, and a whole lot more, so you can create a brilliant business life and still enjoy time off. You can find me at www.emmalangton.com, where you can join my newsletter, or you can book a call with me so that we can have a chat about how to get this coaching to work for you in a really personalised way. You can find all the details of how to contact me in the show notes. So today I've got a very special guest for you. Laurie has come to talk to me about the stories that we can tell ourselves in different situations. I met Laurie at a Youpreneur conference in London back in November last year. And for some bizarre reason that was maybe about things being meant to be, we were stood in a queue together and turned and started talking to each other um, and both mentioned our podcasts. Um, And so I've got Laurie on the show today. So Laurie has her own podcast called Love Your Story and interviews lots of different people. So you could go over and check that out. It's with some brilliant interviews on there. Laurie has a master's degree in folklore and her research focuses on some of the personal narrative that goes on within people. So welcome to the show, Laurie. Thank you, Emma. I'm so excited to be here. I think your work is very important, maintaining that that balance with business and life and everything we have to do. So I'm excited to talk with you about this. Oh, that's fantastic. It is a bit of a passion of mine. And that's why I called the um, podcast that very much so in this fast sort of paced world, we um, always feel that kind of stress and pressure, don't we? And um, I work with a lot of people who do struggle to get that balance. And you know, clients that say, well, you know, oh, it's affecting, these things are affecting my home life or they're affecting um, time with my family and things like that. So I do believe that that balance is important, um, but a lot of people do struggle to get it. Oh, well, everybody has to figure that out. You know, one of the main things that just came to mind as you were saying that is in my research with the personal narrative, one of the main things that is really interesting to become aware of is the idea that our stories and our lives, the way our very realities are created by our cultures and our religions and our families and the things that we are raised in, the groups, the social groups that we're raised in. And when you come to realize that all of that is constructed, then even the things that are creating that imbalance, the things we think we need, the things that we think are important, when you come to realize that all of that is actually very fluid, that you can change those around, that it's within your mental capability and really responsibility to decide what is actually important to you and what you actually want to spend time on and what story and stories are important enough to focus on that you are totally in charge of that reality creation. And it has a lot to do with whether you feel balanced and whether you, um, where you're focusing your time. So I think all of that just gets woven together really intricately. 
It does, doesn't it? You know, because and often I talk about, um, you know, these British expectations that we have, um, you know, about the stiff upper lip and this, that and the next thing that we have these sayings where we don't talk about emotions, we don't talk about feelings. It is quite a sort of northern European thing, but very much a British thing. Um, and that's a perfect example. Absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it? And um, these are part of some of the learnings that we have for, as part of our upbringing. And often when I work with clients and I have to sort of point this out to them and say, well, you know, there are things here that you learn in your early life and early um, experiences. And then I have to kind of um, counterbalance that with a bit of, um, but you know, the, your parents were doing the best that they could. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not being disrespectful about your parents. I'm not saying that your parents were rubbish. They didn't know any different. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they're caught in the same thing. You know, yeah. they they are a product of their culture and their religion and their family and their gender and I mean there's so many things that feed into how we perceive life ought to be or what we perceive a good life to be. And so it it becomes really key to realize how fluid that is. And oftentimes, if we're not happy with the story we're creating, sometimes it means that we look for another culture or another way of creating a story that maybe is going to fit more with who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's lots of ways to live a life. Oh, gosh, definitely. Definitely. And we don't have to go down that one size fits all or even go down... Um, as which is the reason that I'm kind of really passionate about this because I adopted my two girls you know when they had some early experiences that you know were meant that they viewed the world in that very different way and that they um, don't always feel safe in what we would accept as normal everyday situations um, so really I'm changing their story as well which was what got me into the kind of knowledge of uh, how we learn about attachment, about how we, how our brains um, take on board information from our early experiences and things like that. But then we can change that story. It doesn't have to absolutely be the same, does it? No, not at all. Well, and it shouldn't be. How boring would that be if all of our stories were the <laughs> okay. same? You know, I one of the things that has to do with or this topic and balance is this idea of balance might look some, like something different for each person. So if your priorities are very strongly revolving, say, around your family um, and career, and those are your main focuses, then for you, those would be the two things that you would want to balance, be present for, give um, create positive stories around, work on developing those relationships in both work and at home. Whereas for somebody else, balance might be, um, you know, being really physically healthy, a real focus on working out and being really focused on the nightlife and being social. And then, you know, another thing that might be very important to them is, you know, just friend relationships. Maybe they're not as connected to their family. So balance also is going to look different for people depending on what stage of life you're in and depending on what all of those other cultural factors are that have informed you as you've created your own perception of what a good life looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it just does change. It, my life's changed 
dramatically you know from kids coming along you know and then then I um, talk a lot about where I thought I had this wonderful corporate plan to adopt these kids and then go back you know into that corporate world and and you know some and my priorities and expectations of things were were very different in life before kids you know to life with kids um Mm -hmm. And then it's gonna it's gonna change again, hopefully, you know, as they grow up and 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 go on into the into the world of themselves and things like that. So, and what that balance will look like is going to be very different all along the way. And you know, I think maybe just even acknowledging that is important to realize that the story changes. But what kind of good story, when you think about the books and the movies that are, you know, you really plug into and get drawn into those good stories, they're the ones where a character has something very important to them that they need and want and they're willing to work for it and push past obstacles. That's what makes a good story. So when we're looking at writing our own life stories, we get to take into consideration, you know, a, a good life story doesn't look like sitting and binge watching Netflix, right? Yeah. Um, a good life story isn't even, you know, working and working and working so you can buy that next new car or that better house. Um, if you were watching a movie about that, you're not going to be cheering them on. You're going to feel ripped off and want your money back because that's sort of a really boring storyline. The The good stories are the ones where, you know, where we're being vulnerable, where we're trying for things, where we're learning things, where we're out there in the mess and, you know, getting the message out of the mess, whatever that is. So when we're talking about life stories, we're not talking about something clean and, you know, arrow streamed. We're talking about the messiness of learning and growing and seeking for things and falling down and one of the main things that I think is important as business people and just as people is to realize the control that we have over the things that happen. And let me clarify that. I I don't mean the control we have necessarily on what happens to us, but the control we have on the stories we build around what happens to us. So there are things we do that we cause to have happen. And there are things that happen in our lives that somebody else causes to happen. And then there are things in life that happen that you know, somebody gets cancer or, you know, they're just things about life, living that aren't necessarily someone's fault. They just are things we have to deal with. And in those spaces, the real power of coming to understand your life story and the story you want to create moving forward um, regarding balance or regarding stress or regarding just living a life story you're going to be proud of really have to do with that control that you have. And you might not have control over what other people do or just the the life things that happen, but you do have control about your perception of those and the meaning that you give them. So for instance, get specific. I, um, I started the Love Your Story podcast or the whole platform as I was leaving finishing up my master's work, I was looking at my doctorate. What is my dissertation going to be? What question do I want to ask that I'm willing to study six or seven more years about? And at the time it was, did everybody else's life turn out as they expected it to? Because mine totally did not. And I had been married three times and divorced three times and 
that was really shameful and it felt like a huge sense of failure and I was not at peace with it at all. I did not love my story. And I remember when I first started the research project to work on that, I ended up um, doing an intense interview process with 20 different women across different parts of the United States because I'm from the U.S., and, you know, they were different socioeconomic status. They were different ages. They were different religions. They were different sexual orientations. It was this broad range of women. And there were a number of questions, but one of them, you know, that everything was getting to was, did your life turn out as you expected? And of course, in hindsight, it's easy to see, of course, nobody's life turns out as they expected because we picture the good stuff, you know? Yeah. We, have a, we have a dream and we want to... Um, win the prize and have the house with the picket fence and all the things that, you know, Disney and movies and, you know, all the things we want, that's what we're picturing for ourselves. Absolutely. And then like life hits and you get all of this other stuff. So of course, nobody's life turns out as they expected. But that question of did it, you know, 19 out of 20 people said, no, my life did not turn out as expected. And then from that pre-dissertation research project, I sort of put it on the shelf and then had to, as fate would have it, do a lot of emotional intelligence work around coming to love my story. And that was a year's worth of coaching and working deeply with um, my own process, but it was so healthy and it was so wonderful and it might have been one of the best things that I've ever done, but it propelled me into this space of creating the Love Your Story podcast, where I now interview people and talk about story tools for creating your best life story on purpose and interview people about their real life authentic story. So we deal with everything from eating disorders to suicide to um, also Olympians that are winning. So really great accomplishments as well as really hard things that you're making it through. But the one thing that is always consistent with the people that are living the healthiest and best life stories, it's not that they have avoided difficulty or, you know, they're in there, they're dealing with divorces and they're dealing with the loss of a child and they're dealing with the hard stuff, but they look for the meaning behind the events that happen to them and they look for the things that they can take away from a difficult experience rather than just the pain and just the cynicism and just the bitterness that is so easily um, sat in if you don't actively find your way out of it. Exactly. Exactly that. You know, my, um, my coach uh, constantly um, will say, don't pimp your pain for profit. Um, in, in other words, you know, don't just go out there and go, oh, whoa me, you know, and this was really happened and this was really difficult. And I'm trying to, I don't know, sell this package or run this business. And so then please, will you come and buy from me just to be nice because I'm in a bad state type thing. You know, that's about the pimp in your pain for profit. If you're going to talk about your pain, you talk about, right, this is what happened. This is when it was really difficult. And here's the learning that I got from it. Or here's how I got through it. Um, and that's absolutely everything, you know, that I've always subscribed to. Because the reason, as I said, I got into all of my coaching um, was because I just found out about it in trying to kind of help the kids, really. And because my life turned on its head um, unexpectedly. But then again, there's such a lot that, you know, we, I talk a lot about, right, I'm not diving into everybody's doom and gloom here. 
you know that that's not a place that we want to stay in we need to have the tools and the resources and the ability to think right okay i'm in this place or i've had this challenge or you know everything's been thrown at me all at once and what tools what resources how do i get out of this and you know what have i done to be able to to learn from it and to look back at things as well and that sounds very much the same as as you know what you're trying to show on that podcast as well isn't it absolutely and it brings us back to the beginning point of our discussion today which is the stories that we tell ourselves take you know i encourage your listeners right now take a little bit of an inventory are you creating a story around any part of your life where you're feeling victimized where you're feeling picked on where you're feeling um, frustrated and embittered, you know, because there are definitely those spaces. We all hit those spaces. But when we get to that space, we get to decide, what am I going to look for here? Am I going to look for how I've been mistreated and how, and stay in a space of, you know, victimhood? Or am I going to look for something that's more uplifting? And sometimes we really have to dig for that. And sometimes it's just something you can't see until you're out of the dark space and you're looking back, but it all comes back to the stories that we tell ourselves. You get to either tell yourself a story about how blessed you are because of things you're learning and focus on the things in your life that are going well, show gratitude and feel real gratitude about the things that are working, or you can sit there and look at all of the things that are rubbing you the wrong way at the moment. And depending upon that, depending on which stories we're spending all the time telling ourselves is absolutely going to depend on the life experience that we're having. It's not going to depend on, it's going to create the life experience that we're having. So in a nutshell, we see what we look at. If we're looking for green things, we're going to see green things. If we're looking for blue things, we're going to see blue things. If we're looking for the positive, we're going to feel an empowerment and a joy excuse me, and even a support by the universe or by our God when we're looking at all of the wonderful things that are going right for us versus all of the things that are going wrong. Absolutely. And this is a message that I tell people all the time. And, you know, usually I'm saying to them, you know, we can rewire our brains so that we can, it's a safety mechanism for us, our brains to be pointing out to us that we, um, all the dangers and all of the negatives and things and actually we can rewire it to be looking for some of the positives for some of the tiny small things you know when i'm talking to people about find something that you're grateful for each and every day and it might just be that you had your umbrella when it started to rain as small as that it might be that the bus was on time it might be that you're just grateful to um you know just be able to get up that day um I mean, that's a great focus because literally, if we are focusing on those kinds of things throughout our day, we are going to have a much, we're going to have much more light around us. We're going to have much more joy. We're going to be finding more joy in the journey when we're focusing on those things. And, you know, when we say they're little things, but the, the accumulation of all of those little things make us realize how many wonderful things go on. Like when I'm walking my dog in the morning, I am saying gratitude prayers that the sky is blue, <laughs> especially yeah. in the winter here in Utah. We have a lot of 
inversion and, and clouds. And so every time the sky is blue, I'm so grateful for that. And, and if it's a nice brisk breeze or, you know, it's starting to spring up here and be warm and I'm just so grateful for that. And, you know, those focuses change the whole layout of my day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for, for the listeners on the podcast, they know um, that, you know, I walk my dog every morning um, and to, you know, to just see him, he goes into every single day and he's like, yes, it's the best day ever. Walk. Brilliant. You know, his face just goes, brilliant. We're going for a walk. Fantastic. He doesn't go, oh God, same place. You know, <laughs> I have sniffed here before. Food. Oh, I've been around here before. You know, he goes up to one particular man that we meet on the way and he, he cuddles his leg. I was talking <laughs> about this recently on one of my podcasts um, and not in that humpy way that dogs do, but he just goes up for a cuddle from this man and I don't know why. Um, and, but then that brings a smile to my face, the way his ears flop around in the wind. That brings a smile to my face. And I'm not thinking that. about how cold that wind is. I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking about, is it going to rain now that wind's here? I'm just looking at his floppy ears and his smiley little face and thinking, oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> you know, I do the same thing when I'm walking my dog and, and he's running and he's finding all this joy. And I'm like, that's so awesome. He's having so much fun. Exactly that. And it's and I, what I try and point out to people with these small things, I think, because some people look at me and think they need to book a holiday. They need a big spa day. You know, they might need, they need a new car or even a new outfit and things like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's all in the tiny things that you've got. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can be grateful, you know, about that. Again, that story that you're telling yourself, well, it might have rained on my way to work. It might, I might have, had the potential to get soaked it might have been a, a rough day it might have been that I got soaked but it wasn't any of those things and what you got was wow I had my umbrella the bus was on time and I'm reasonably dry even though there was a downpour it yeah and and we have the choice of which one do we look at which reminds me of a quote can I share a quote with you yeah absolutely Okay, so Martha Beck, she's a renowned international life coach that I like really well, but she said, no storyteller can describe everything that ever happens to a hero. As autobiographers, we build our stories from a very limited selection of facts. The information we choose to include or exclude determines whether we see our lives as comedy, tragedy, romance, or adventure. So in other words, our stories become what we focus on. We choose what to include and what to exclude, and that determines whether, you know, what kind of story, whether it, we're focusing on the funny things that happen or the tragedy or the adventure, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and that's a, a big part of my message, you know, and I love that you focus on, on all these different stories and sharing these stories um, from, from um, such a vast range of people as well, really. If Absolutely. you could, you know, if you could sort of send a message to say your younger self um, about some of those stories, what, what do you think it would be then? You know, that's a really interesting question. I don't think that I came to understand until just the last 
three, four years, how much control I had over those stories. I, and I know that it's something that we talk about a lot, especially in coaching circles. And, and for those of you that are listening, the seekers, you know, this is something you hear a lot. So it's not like it's a new concept, but in my twenties and my thirties, I'm in my mid forties now. Um, just the idea that I had control over how I could perceive and what I could choose to look at. Um, I was sharp and I was self-aware, but I didn't realize the extent to which I had that control. And I guess if you knew it earlier, you could start creating and framing your life differently. You know, how would my three divorces, how would my relationships with those people have looked differently if I felt less victimized? You know, I mean, there were a lot of things that went on in those marriages. There was abuse and pornography addictions and affairs and um, all kinds of things that were messy and terribly painful. And, you know, 20 years of just really difficult, dark places. How would it have looked different if I had understood more about what I could focus on and how I could find joy in the spaces instead of feeling victimized by some of the things that happened to me. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how that would have changed everything up, but I think just that concept and practice, because it's something you do have to practice. Yeah. For example, um, I have recently started dating someone again, and I find that I find myself in a space of, you know, we, we naturally go into spaces of judgment because we're trying to decide if this person is good for us, right? And, yeah. and yeah. how much time I want to spend and that kind of thing. And when I focus on the things that I really like about this individual, then I am creating an atmosphere of, you know, positivity around him. When I'm focusing on the things that are a little irritating and, you know, little habits I'm judging him for, then it creates a really negative space of, you know, push him away. And, and there's some, you know, I can recognize some self-sabotage and things going on. But at the same time, it's just an example of with any of our relationships, you know, all of you out there, think about your significant other. Are you focusing on the lovely things that they bring into your life? Of course, there's going to be irritants. There always are. But are you focused on the irritants or are you focusing on the reasons you let them into your life in the first place? And just that focus is going to determine so much about where that relationship goes. Absolutely that. Absolutely that. You know, and, and it is sometimes about, um, I think we, we do this in business and I do it in I do it with people when I'm coaching people about the relationships and I say to them, you know, about the remembering the why. And, and then when it's in about, you know, the, um, our partners, um, uh, the husbands, wives and things like that. If we remember the why that, that we got together in the first place or the why that was, we were attracted to in the first place. And that can often put a very different slant on it than the, than the challenges or the difficulties that we can have. I love that um, Brené Brown um, mm. talks about when she's thinking about that kind of judgment thing and she likes to try and think they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, like that about her work too. There's that concept of giving people the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best they can at this time with what they know and with what they, their experiences, they're doing the best they can. 
And yeah. that's a great, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet, but my new book just came out. It's called Life, which stands for Living Intentional and Fearless Every Day. And it's the 21 Life Connection Challenges. And I specifically wrote it because it's, it's like 21 life hacks. And so it's a way to practice doing and creating things in your everyday life story that are going to create more connection and more um, self-care and more possibility in your life story. So they're, they're wonderful. And it's, it's done in a workbook style. But one of those things, one of the challenges on is for that particular day, to give someone the benefit of the doubt. And the thing that's fascinating when you do these challenges one at a time is that you start to see the real difference that it makes. Like we're all living good. We're all trying to live well and yeah. do the best we can and be kind and all the things we know we're supposed to be doing. But with these challenges, as I did it and have watched other people go through it, there's one day that you're focused on giving people the benefit of the doubt. And inevitably the the time that I did this I had a dear friend that was um I just expected more support from her than what I got something big had happened and she sort of um had interpreted it different than I had and so she had not given me the support I had asked for even though she had agreed to it and and I was you know it, it really put our friendship on the ropes in my mind because I felt like she had let me down in a place where I really needed her not to let me down. And then, you know, this challenge came up and I thought, if I give her the benefit of the doubt that she was doing the best that she could in with what she had at this time with her understanding with what she was comfortable with and don't take it personal that she, you know, let me down in the way I feel let down. And it really shifted everything for me because that idea of embracing that challenge and giving her the benefit of the doubt, suddenly I could engage back with the relationship without feeling defensive. And I could just say, okay, with what you, you did, what you needed to do with your understanding and with what was comfortable to you with the people that we were dealing with. And, um, and I know that because we're good friends and have been for many, many years, that if you could have done something different, you would have. And it shifted everything. It allowed me to stay in a relationship with her that otherwise I think I would have let, let it slip. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it's not about um, us, as you say, sitting in that, whether it's victim mode or that, you know, that, that place of feeling kind of hurt, but just lifting ourselves out of that a little bit and being able to see that kind of different perspective on things really, isn't it? Um, and that can change the way that we think about things. And, and then as you like to say, the stories that we're telling ourselves, that's, that's really interesting that you managed to do that. Well, and I think the more we practice it, we're talking about it here, your listeners are listening, um, you're taking it in, but now to really have it be a part of your life, you need to practice it. And it's something that you practice over and over and over. But the more you practice it, it's like any neural pathway. The more self-aware you become, the more fantastic you're going to see it play out in your life, the more control you're going to get over the stories you're creating. Because you're going to be self-aware of the stories you're creating. They're not fact. They're stories that you're creating about what's going on about around you. And how can you adjust those so they serve you, so that those stories serve you and don't hold you back. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's exactly what we need to be able to keep, um, you know, changing our the way that we think. And then that impacts on the way that we respond to be able to keep moving forward. And, you know, the world's all about improvement, isn't it? But, um, you know, to be able to be live in this kind of busy, fast paced, pressured world, but um, in a way that is you know, as you say, is right for us, that gives us that feeling of control, um, you know, and that fits with everything that we need it to fit with, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, I don't even think it's a matter of needing to feel in control. Some of us need that more than others. I just think it is that we have massive control. Mm. It's not about feeling in control. We just have massive control about our own perceptions. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you were to give some, um, like say, one key piece of advice or an action to the listeners today, Laurie, what do you think that would be? You know, this is going to sound like a, a shameless plug, but <laughs> it really isn't. It, the, um, I would buy my book. Yeah, <laughs> And the reason I say that is because that book was created specifically as a tool. It wasn't even created to make me money. It was created as a tool to help my listeners and my platform and all of, all of us who are seekers to be able to live their best life on purpose. And the, the living intentional and fearless every day is such a part of creating the very best life story on purpose. And that book, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on my website, loveyourstorypodcast.com. But it's just a fun, structured way that, you know, it has the workbook section where you can write at the end of the day, you, you want to go back because it's definitely part of the learning process of going back and writing about your experience that you created with that challenge that day. But it's just, if I could give you something that would kind of launch you into a life with more possibility and more connection and kind of get you out of your comfort zone, it would be open that book and start engaging in those challenges because it's going to create a domino effect. Every single one of them are going to create different domino effects in your life that will create wonderful stories for you to, to practice in and see which tools you want to keep for yourself, for you. So. I, you know, if I had to give you something that that's what I would give you. I think that's absolutely fantastic. It was on the tip. Of, I didn't want to answer for you. But I, as I kind of asking that question, I nearly just rolled straight into just go and buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for it, to, it sounds it sounds brilliant. I'm going to be going and checking that out. And I will put um, a link to your website in the show notes for everybody that's listening um, and the details of the book in case they um, just need that again um, to be able to go and get that. Those will all be in the show notes and ways to be able to find uh, more information about you, Laurie. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so lovely to talk to you. And I think I could talk to you for absolutely ever because we're on the same page with this, um, with these stories and the impact that they have. Um, and it's just so good to be able to record this. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Keep up the great work and we will keep sharing the love. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. So please do leave me a review, hit subscribe or join my newsletter where you can get 
first-hand information about all the information, interviews and podcast episodes that I do share. And then I'll see you again on the next episode. Bye for now.